Who dat? To a New Orleans Saints victory and welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast, everyone. We are part of the fan sided, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints, including news, analysis, opinions, and fantastic guests. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, joined by our senior analyst, Charlie Pollock. What's going on, Charlie? What's up? What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? We're good. Fantastic. Terrific. Hey, there you go. And I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, guys. As always, we've got another great episode for you. This time, it's going to be covering one of the more interesting games the Saints have won. And to help us do that, we've actually got an old face who's back on the show. He's a big presence on Twitter. Most Falcons fans hate him, and he's a legend with fantasy football. Please, everyone, welcome back, Jordan Carter. How you doing, Jordan? Yo, I'm doing good. What's up, Tyler? Charlie and Dayton. <laughs> hey, hey nothing much, man. Just another great episode. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm always free for y'all. What, what, what was the first thing you did after the Saints won on Sunday? Uh, I'm not even going to lie to you. The first thing I did, I uh, took a nap. I always yeah. did. Yeah. posted on Snapchat, <laughs> too. I need to add you on Snapchat. That that, that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was exhausting. It was definitely an exhausting game. Uh, what about you, Charlie? First thing you did? Uh, my kid woke up. Oh. <laughs> my kid woke up from her nap. Let me see. I'm Damn. trying to go through this. Um... First thing I did after we won was, I don't know, probably grabbed a beer. My kid woke up, and then I uh, worked on some real estate stuff while I had other games on. But, yeah, I mean, I had to distract myself from, it's like. back to reality. Yeah, like your blood <laughs> pressure is about to just blow up. But blow, yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least, like, I was, like, like kind of happy but still pissed off rather than just morbidly pissed off like the weekend before. Yeah, no, 100% agree. What about you, Tyler? Besides having heart palpitations, um, I was pretty excited, uh, pretty uh, freaked out because, like, I was watching the game on a, a live stream, and then the live stream cut out with, like, less than a minute left. So, like, I had to follow it on Twitter, and then, of course, nobody gives you accurate enough descriptions on Twitter. Well, it was just the last minute, but, like, um, after we won, um, I don't know, I was just excited. I'm like, phew, I mean, sure, it was ugly, but we got to miss- win. So. Yeah, man, you missed, like, the most exhilarating part. Yeah, the most crucial part, like, the most terrible part, how we somehow let them just walk down the field. Yeah, nobody was surprised, though. Yeah. I mean, no. you can't, yeah, like, so. Of course. This is Saints football. That's what it is. Saints football, baby. One of my uh, one of my best friends up here is a Cowboys fan, but, like, he has this. He has this effect. Like, he has affection for the Saints, I guess, because I'm a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh. So during Saints games, he'll always text me like, "You guys got it, man!" Like he's, you know, make like talking me off the ledge. So like he texted me, and I was actually gonna screenshot my text conversation with him. I was like, "Dude, we're gonna blow coverage. They're gonna drive down the field, and they're gonna they're gonna win the game, or they're gonna tie it up." And uh, and then next thing you know, couple big throws down the field, and we get lucky with a missed field goal. And I just told him, "God loves the Saints, man." Oh yeah, I'm saying that every week. God hates the Browns is is more like yeah, it gotta be. They have such <laughs> bad luck. Like that's the second week in a row that their kicker be got yeah. of last week against the Steelers block field goal. This week he missed two and it, and extra points, and it costed yeah. him his job. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah man. The dude was hurt though, right? Yeah, yeah. He, had yeah. Like, yeah. he had a, he had a yeah. groin, so the yeah. Browns will probably reach some type of injury settlement with him, and yeah. and he'll be on his way. I mean, Th- thank you, Ian Rappaport. The, yeah, but you got to think of why would they like have him kick if he's still hurt? Like, right. especially a growing injury as a kicker, that's yeah. not. That's fair. it. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's it. 
At least Hugh Jackson doesn't hate him as much as Mike Zimmer hated uh, their kicker, who, who they also oh, cut. He Blair went Walsh. Oh, Walsh. Yeah. oh, man. Awful. Uh, and and they, they signed Dan Bailey. That could be uh, definitely a threat <clears throat> from the Vikings. Okay. We'll see later on in the year. Um, but let's jump into talking about this game, guys, because uh, like Tyler said at the beginning, it was definitely one of the most interesting games in recent Saints memory. And uh, last last week we were talking about uh, uh, the loss against Tampa Bay, one of the most disappointing losses the Saints have had. And, and now we have one of the most uh, disappointing loss or, or excuse me, disappointing wins uh, we, we've seen in, in, in quite a long time. So very interesting uh, week to week so far early on in the season. But the Saints squeaked by the 0-1-1 Cleveland Browns 21-18 off a Will Lutz field goal with five seconds to go in the game. Uh, and it was, uh, uh, again, a, a game of blunders. Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Cleveland Browns, missed two extra points, including the one that would have you know, most likely won the game for the Browns, of course, if he would have made both extra points and the field goal he didn't miss earlier, the Browns would have ha- had the cushion to beat the Saints, even if Lutz had made the the missed field goal he had. But he missed the extra point to put the Browns up 19-18. to 18. So really it was either overtime or the Saints were going to come away with the win, drove down the field. Uh, Will Lutz uh, kicks the, I believe it was a 54-yard game-winning field goal. Uh, by the always reliable Will Lutz, even though, like I said, he did miss one earlier. Excuse me, it was 44 yards. Um, he, he he did miss in the game earlier, uh, and, and my bad. I think I cursed him. I, I jinxed him. I tweeted right before mm-hmm. he had missed that he was the most consistent player on the team so far in the year. Way to go, Dayton. And then he, he missed. But that, that's okay. He doesn't miss too often, so <laughs> we'll give him the pass. That's that's my bad. But, again, 21-18, to 18, the final score. The Saints are now 1-1. One one. Uh, we're heading into uh, to play the Atlanta Falcons uh, in the um, Mercedes-Benz, the the copy name that they copied off of the Saints Dome. Um, <laughs> Drew Brees was 28-35, 243 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked three times um, for, for a total loss of 30 yards, but his QBR was 75. His uh, passer rating was 114.6. Very impressive numbers by the uh, Saints quarterback, Alvin Kamara. This also will get into the, the, the run game, and and I, I believe the stat is now the Saints are dead last in the NFL in, in rush yards per game. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that where they rank now? Something like it. I'm, yep. I, yeah, it's, it's dead last. I yeah, think it's like 50, yeah, 50, around, yeah. 55 yards per game rush. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 46 yards. It didn't get much going. He did have a 18-yard uh, rush, which which was nice, and uh, he, was, he was much more effective in the pass game. But um, three and a half yards a carry. Fairly average day for him, um, and and we'll talk about the offensive line's performance too. That has something to do with it. Mike G, eight carries, eighteen yards. Uh, really nothing impressive other than that. The only other guy who who touched the ball to the backfield was Jonathan Williams, and he lost a yard. So uh, not too much going on with the run game uh, for for our receivers. It was again Michael Thomas, guys. Uh, now leads the league in receptions uh, with twenty eight, uh, and the next closest guy is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the next closest wide receiver is Antonio Brown and Adam Thielen, both with 18. So they're they're 10 behind uh, Michael Thomas in this game. He had 12 receptions, 89 yards. He had two touchdowns, 13 targets to his uh, uh, his catch rating uh, percentage is also tops in the league. Ted Ginn Jr. four catches, 55 yards. Alvin Kamara had those six catches for 53 yards, and uh, Benjamin Watson showing up uh, uh, again on the stat sheet, uh, 19. 
uh, yards total after uh, three catches. Uh, the team also lost two fumbles, both by Ted Ginn Jr. and Michael Thomas. Um, and then we're going to the defensive stats uh, a little bit later on. We talk about defense, but guys, let's start a little bit with the positives. And I, I think it really starts with the, the guy that we love, the future Hall of Famers, Drew Brees. Um, to me, that was obviously seeing him uh, being able to right the ship, even though uh, he struggled at times. He was still very accurate. Uh, I, I think it really boggled down to the Browns' defense. You got to give kudos to them for for the way that they performed. The turnovers really didn't help us, and uh, some of the play calling. Uh, just didn't give the Saints proper opportunities in this game, but I was really impressed with how accurate Drew Brees was, even though he was uh, under duress uh, quite often, and again, he was sacked three times, and Michael Thomas for, for being the Iron Man. Those are the obvious positives to me, but I'll start with you, Jordan, being being the fantastic guest today. What are you thinking about uh, uh, the biggest positives you're taking away from this win? I was when basically at first when the offense you know wasn't getting going they didn't they didn't get down they like they kept fighting the rest of the game like usually like say the Saints not get anything going offensively then it's gonna come down to the defense and the offense don't make any moves they start turning the ball over like I've seen a game before when the offense isn't moving the ball then Drew Brees come out and throw the pick and then that basically ends our chances of coming back to win and that didn't happen so yeah I was happy with that. Them hey, being able to go. come back against the Browns and the uh, uh, Buccaneers last year, even though they lost against the Bucks, they were able to have a surge there at the end of the game to at least make it close. That shows me yeah, that this team is going to fight for all four quarters, and sometimes they're not going to be able to get going until later on in the game. What, what, what mean, do you think? Sorry, and sorry like, go ahead, Jordan. Usually for um, the past couple of times, we definitely struggled against the Browns. Like, yeah. I remember Drew Brees, he had a four-interception game against the Browns in the Dome, and that hurt my heart because, you know, the Cleveland Browns, you supposed to, you expect to go to uh, play them and just win the game outright, but we always struggled with the Browns, like 13 or 5-13 and 13 all time. Yeah. And, you know, our at the beginning of the season, we always struggled, started off 0-2 since 2014, so that one win, 1-1, one one, that actually feels great. Most fans were complaining about it, but I'll take it because, you know, we barely beat the Browns and we actually won a game in the first two weeks. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the struggles against the Browns were what scared me the most coming into this game because and, – and it's not just the Browns too. The Saints have lost to very vulnerable teams in the past, teams that they really shouldn't lose to at home too uh, when really expectations are very high for them to win. Charlie, I know you broke down a lot of film. Uh, biggest positives you took away from this game? Well – offensively just the continuation of Michael Thomas uh, I said earlier today that he's he's playing better than any wide receiver in the NFL right now and mm-hmm. I'd lo- I'd love a debate on that and like, he's not demanding would... a trade either no I mean he's just an iron man like you said he's consistent he does everything well I mean I'd like to see him have maybe a little bit more awareness on the field after he's mm. caught the ball and running those fumbles are just you know they're always terrible, but it just seems like the last like these these last two weeks they've come in the most you know the ter- the worst times of the game. So his continuation of being a beast. Um, I thought we had a little bit more burst in the running game with Kamara, and I I also thought that Peyton kind of was more comfortable y- using him a little bit more. It seemed like in week one he he was really trying to save him. And he's realized that that's not, you know, probably not the best way to go, even though we want him to be ready to roll, you know, come December, January, and hopefully February. Um, so offensively, that's that's basically what I what I saw was good. Um, 
defensively, the linebackers really, really, really stepped up. I mean, they were all 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 four of our guys in rotation were playing well. They they flew to the ball. They were better in coverage. They were asked to do a lot more. Um, you know, I mean, the the defense definitely looked a lot more sound. And then special teams looked looked better too. The return game looked good. Um, I love Taysom on those returns, man. He he found an opening night. and just and just took off. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that, that's what I, I overall I thought I thought was good, but that was a hard fought game. I mean the Browns, talent wise, are a good football team. Yeah, absolutely, and big shout out to Taysom Hill for. Uh, I mean I, I, I can't. I, has that ever happened before in the NFL? The back of a quarterback taking out. The, I I've never seen that before, and I, I know the broadcast is talking about that too. Yeah, that 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 you ju- you just don't see that stuff happening. So it was cool to see. Before I get to you, Tyler, Nate, I, I want to uh, rattle off some of these defensive stats for the Saints. Uh, AJ Klein and Demario Davis led the team in tackles uh, with nine apiece, uh, and hey, Demario Davis also had a tackle for loss. Shout out to him. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Patrick Robinson, Von Bell, Sheldon Rankins all had five tackles apiece as well. Sheldon Rankins had the first sack of the Saint season, and uh, Cam Jordan added in two himself. And uh, other than that, that was uh, mainly most of what Cam did in terms of uh, what he put on the stat sheet. He was being double teamed, as was Rankins, but. Uh, Rankins was uh, able to get free a lot more often this game than than the last. Um, and you also have Marcus Williams with the fantastic interception. Really, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, he just came out of left field and was able to snag the ball. Uh, it really pushed some momentum in the Saints' favor. But, yeah, Tyler, what, what are you thinking uh, overall? What you really liked to take away from this game? Okay, so uh, first off, too, um, uh, I mean – it's crazy like i i loved everything you know like i loved a little bit of everything i'm just gonna say this outright because if it happens we can uh, go back to this episode and say that i called it if Taysom hill returns a kick for a touchdown i'm totally buying his jersey like the fact that a third string quarterback can beat you special teams like not only does he hit hard but he can outrun you i'm buying his jersey but um has a win-win situation for you bud yeah (laughs) except for spending the money but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um i love the special teams i thought that was good um i, I loved how uh thomas and Kamara just completely like for another week they dominated uh, we'll get into other reasons later why they were the only two that dominated but um the defense played pretty well i i love the the effort you know and the aggressiveness by the defensive line i think that helped a bit you know and i really like taylor stallworth playing he wasn't mm. too bad you know out there we mentioned last week how um you know how he'll be getting some snaps, you know, uh, in our preview episode. So uh, I was pretty happy with him too. So yeah, and uh, definitely also happy with uh, the fact that the Browns were able to have so many blunders. And uh, again, the Saints may have sainted, but the Browns browned even harder than even Saint, harder. <laughs> and we were able to get <laughs> walk away with the victory. But yeah, the defense was was looking alive ish at least. Um, and but yeah, yeah, very impressed by the play of Demario Davis. I know Ken Crawley got beat overall, though. Uh, I think that the secondary did improve from last week against Tampa Bay. I mean, it's hard to to not after that performance. But uh, Crawley getting beat by Antonio Callaway on fourth and five like that. Wait, like I I I attribute it a lot to play calling too. Would you guys agree? I mean, I mean Dennis Allen not having the safety help in that situation. I, I understand. Well, I understand you want to avoid them getting you know the 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 five or six yards to make it a first down and continue to go. But 
you still gotta have I, I I don't know maybe I I haven't watched I haven't gone over, well I watched that play a couple times I haven't broken down film wise what was I missing something was there something or or I just didn't see any safety help there. He was the uh, the safety in he that was, okay. in that play. Believe it or not, so like Deuce McAllister actually uh, was the first one who I saw this morning because like mm-hmm. I hadn't rewatched the play. I watched it during the game and I was like. Was that a cover three? Was he running man? Like, why is Ken Crawley so far downfield like that in that situation? But they were just running an inverted cover three. Gotcha. Where uh, he was, he actually went back into the safety position, and and uh, P. Rob came up basically in the in the regular corner spot. I mean, my my problem with that drive was like. Like, what is the old adage that prevent defense often prevents you from winning? Where you're rushing three and sending eight back into coverage, and Tyrod has all day, yeah, just wants to just do what he wants to do. And like, we had already kind of gotten some pressures. We didn't get a lot of sacks. We got some pressures, Mm. and we had picked them off. Like, I really feel like a little bit of more of a push up front would have. I don't know. I mean, I I just hate seeing quarterbacks sit back there and just do whatever they want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, so the, um, Terod yeah. Taylor, he was sitting back there for a long, mm-hmm. long time. Like, I thought he was going to get sacked eventually, but then you, once you see Antonio Callaway get even with Ken Crawley, like, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm the biggest Crawley fan if you follow me on something. I'm the biggest Crawley fan, but like, nobody in the NFL, if you sign up, like, as soon as Callaway gets even, he's leaving. Like, there's no doubt about it. So, they, we should have sent more people than just three because right. it was four. So it's yeah. fourth and six, fourth and seven. Like that would, I would prefer to send the blitz and just let him yeah. beat you like that instead. Of, yeah, yeah. But what's wild, man, is we've seen the flip side of that. Like we've seen fourth and six, fourth and seven, and we like blitz the world, and yeah. somebody's running down the field wide open. Like we've done yeah, that before. That. But like, yeah. I mean, I would at least send four. But what happened on there was. Crawley kind of got caught peeking a yeah. little bit, yeah. and his mm-hmm. hips were turned the wrong way. And as soon as that happened, like you said, man, Callaway turns on the Jets. I don't care who you are. It's if you're yes, if sir, your hips sir. are already open the wrong way, Callaway's going to make you pay. And Tyrod, mm-hmm. man, credit to Tyrod, he yeah. threw a he threw a phenomenal ball. I mean, yeah, he it was a great that. ball. He he had a pretty good day overall. Twenty two thirty, two hundred forty six yards. He had that interception to Marcus Williams. He had that touchdown pass that tied the game carlos hyde had a touchdown earlier in the game for them to extend their lead 12 to 3 uh and the saints ended up winning 21 to 18 it's just it's it's crazy to uh see that comeback it it really did show the resilience of this team uh in the fourth quarter especially uh tyra taylor was able to scramble uh, a little bit too he did have 26 rushing yards on um uh, four carries yeah callaway led the team in receiving yards Right behind him was Jarvis Landry, who tied with Rashad Higgins for most receptions with five apiece. Uh, Landry had 69 yards, Higgins had 47, Callaway with 81, and he had the one touchdown. Um, Tyrod Taylor also did fumble twice, but neither of them were recovered by the Saints. Uh, They both went out of bounds, or uh, one went out of bounds, one was recovered by Cleveland. And uh, also, for the Michael Thomas uh, fumble, I don't know if the the Browns really recovered that in bounds, guys. Even after watching the replay, I, I think he was out. I, I yeah, I, I think we yeah, got kind of. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We got play. Yeah, on that. I, <laughs> but, what I thought there was a play. Um, I think it was Lattimore came up and made a tackle. 
and the ball came out, and they said the receiver was down. On that play, I thought mm-hmm. I thought that could have been a fumble, but like even the announcers just kind of brushed it off, and yeah, maybe I didn't get a good view of it, but I I kind of thought maybe a little bit more of a of a look at that would have would have been would have been good. What I noticed on defense too in this game is we we kind of were scarred from Fitzpatrick scrambling on us, so we ran a lot of zone in uh, versus the Browns, and and I don't. I personally don't think that we're a very good zone team. I think we're more of a like a press man team, uh, especially with Lattimore and, and even P-Rob now. But, uh, so I saw that, and, and when Tyrod did have time, he was able to pick his spots in the zones in the passing, especially towards there at the end. But you could tell, um, Nick Underhill pointed it out in his re- recap of the, of the game that it was obvious that we were not going to let Tyrod you know, crushed us on his feet by staying in zone. Yeah. yeah. What? But the defense did a pretty good job. If you guys want, I can, um, I was retweeting some of the stuff on, um, Twitter, you know, for, uh, how the Saints defense were doing. And, um, actually here I've got a few. So, yeah, uh, so the New Orleans Saints underground actually tweeted some stuff from, uh, Pro Football Focus. And I guess, uh, Lattimore was actually, the, uh, had an 81.8 PFF grade. And he allowed only three passes for 22 yards. So he did really well. Uh, Okafor did really well, too. Something that we didn't really mention. He generated one sack and one hit and one hurry on 20 pass rush snaps. And He played great. Okafor yeah. was all over the place. Yeah. And so was Davenport. I was going to mention Davenport, too. Yeah, yeah Davenport yeah. did really well, too. He had two and a half, uh, two and a half tackles, two run stops, on uh, only seven run snaps. So, And the fifth, uh, fifth best run stop percentage. So that was pretty good too. Yeah, and but the offensive line was was graded very well, but their their performance actually on the field, I don't know if that really matched up. Uh, I mean, obviously, only gave up three sacks, but it was a loss for thirty yards. weren't really able to get the run game going at the pace the Saints wanted to, especially for Kamara. And I give give it's credit. The box, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to give credit to the Browns for doing that. But uh, and Teron Armstead had had. I I think Armstead played a phenomenal game, and uh, he he had a couple of very nice pancakes. But overall, what do you guys think of the offensive line's performance? I'll start with you, Jordan. I'll start with you, Charlie. All right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to say like what's going on in the run game. Like a lot of the run snaps I saw, there were. It was a stacked box, yeah. And you know, you you still have to attempt to run the ball, like <clears throat> regardless if uh, you know if they're stacked the box or not. Like you still have to establish some type of running game early yeah. on, at least in the early downs, and then earlier on in the game, so that you can work the uh, the play action, so you can move the DBs and such. But there were there were plenty of times where I thought that we could. That we could have audibled out of, of whatever the run call so was, was just thinking. because of how 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 stacked the box was. I mean, and like another thing is, <clears throat> the great Bill Polian, he he uh, he said before that the running back makes the line, the line doesn't make the running back. Mm-hmm. And I've always like this was I don't know a few years ago. Actually, it was it was back when Zeke was a was a um, a rookie and was just going crazy, and everyone was talking about the the Cowboys line and how you know anybody could run through there. And he he kept saying on his radio show on Sirius that the running mm-hmm. back makes the line the line. So like, is it that Ingram was just so good at 
the pace with which he hit the hole, like not too fast, but then not too slow, so that by the time he got you know into the mesh point, there was an opening. He was able to get to the second level. I mean, a lot. I, I don't know if that's really what's going on with our run game, because I see a lot of plays where if the running back isn't stopped at the line of scrimmage, then a linebacker is freely tackling him. Like, yeah, we're not getting to the second level to at least seal off a linebacker and and allow our running backs to make plays. And we don't have my guy, Brandon Coleman, on mm. the outside run blocking like we did last year. And he was, I mean, game after game. Like, I, I made it a point to point that out last last season when he, w- he was, you know, on the outside throwing blocks and such. But pass protection, I thought we did okay. Um, you know, the, I thought the Browns really just did a good job of dialing up some blitzes. So, uh, I... Uh, I just think that, yeah, perhaps they were graded well, but, you know, three sacks. One of those was definitely a coverage sack. I mean, Breeze held the ball too long. So, yeah. overall, I thought the offensive line mm-hmm. played, played played okay, played pretty good. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't, Jordan, Jordan, are you good? Oh, all right. All right, no sweat. Uh, but Here, you want me to give you my two sons? Go ahead. Yeah, no, Tyler, absolutely. I know you uh, probably have something to say about Max Unger, too. Oh my gosh! It seemed like I've got to play in my word, you know. Like, if anything, it seemed like it, it showed his age. You know, he was just getting bullied up in front. But I don't know. Like about the running back thing, I think a part of it helps. You know, I think once you get Ingram back, I think it's you're you're gonna see everything really evolve. You know, into the offense that we once were. You know, like with all of our better players too and stuff. And I think like it's hard to describe, but. I, Obviously, Ingram and Kamara are two different running backs, you know, and right now for the majority of the game, we're seeing Kamara running it, you know, because he's our main back with Ingram being out. And obviously with two different play styles, I think, you know, obviously it comes down to like offensive linemen, their assignments, you know, how they're supposed to block and maybe, maybe they just the timing isn't right. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to take a look at it too, but you know, I think uh, now is a perfect time to mention that another reason why we struggled, not only was Drew Brees not audible out of plays when uh, the Browns were second box, but when they were sending more players, we didn't really have great players blocking for us to give Drew Brees more time. So, you know, like, what do you do? You know, you don't have Ingram right now. And I think that's why we're seeing the Saints go with so many offensive linemen is trying to, like, you know, like keep everything sustainable for Drew Brees. You know, to throw the ball longer. But yeah, uh, yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, if uh, unfortunately uh, Jordan might not uh, that that if anything that was just a little uh, guest spot by Jordan. So uh, if if he doesn't we'll keep end you up, updated, yeah, we'll keep you guys updated. If he ends up coming back. Uh, if if he doesn't, you guys can go ahead and uh, follow him on Twitter at Carter underscore Error twenty two. Uh, we thank him for for coming on the show. If he ends up not not uh, uh, making it back, but uh, either way, the Browns were four of twelve on third downs in the game. The Saints were even worse, three of twelve. I can't believe that. Very interesting, yeah. uh, right there. Also getting better at that, right? Of yeah, all yeah. the things like last year that our offense was, you know, good at, we had a very we had an explosive, fun offense. Yeah. Um, third down. Third down was a problem last year, and it's a problem this year. And I think uh, the the two biggest reasons are that slot receiver that we had mm. and a reliable tight end. And yeah. I think Ben can be can to a certain extent can be that reliable tight end. But even Sean Payton said after the game that he was very displeased with the play of the tight end. So 
We you know, I thought Ben receiver too. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I thought Ben played fairly okay. I mean, he yeah. had some tough catches where he, as soon as he's catching the ball, he's getting banged around. Um, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Ben's what thirty-seven, so it's like you can we can only expect. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this just is going to go back to our need for Meredith. To, you know, we'll talk yeah. about that. Awesome right. car, Which is actually everybody. what I want to talk about right now. Uh, Traquan Smith did have a catch in the game. Uh, he's making appearances. Austin Carr drew a uh, penalty in the end zone, which helped uh, maneuver the Saints very nicely. Um, he, I mean, there was still a possibility that he would have caught that ball, I, uh, but it was a good call on the refs. Uh, the defender did not turn his uh, uh, head towards the ball uh, to make to make a play. Uh, so it was definitely pass interference. And it, would, it was a tough catch regardless, but uh, Carr did have it in his hands, uh, and, and that, that could have been a really exciting touchdown for him. But, uh, again, he was able to draw the penalty, so kudos to him. But uh, out of Austin Carr, Cameron Meredith, who was inactive yet again, along with Trey Hendrickson, uh, who hopefully Which will crazy. not be too uh, too much longer. Uh, we'll need updates soon. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's 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 just a minor injury. Uh, but it could could have changed. And uh, Andres Pete did also get banged up in the game. He had to leave, but he did come back eventually. But you sorry, getting off track. Austin Carr, Cam Meredith again sat out. Uh, and Traquan Smith. Who are you guys uh, looking Early forward years. to most saying uh, in the coming weeks, especially against the Falcons? Tyler, start with you. Uh, I know you're liking Carr. I know we all are itching to see Meredith, but Traquan Smith has been impressing too. Uh, what, what what's this uh, third third wide receiver group looking like? For me, if I'm going to be honest with you, Dan, it's not even, for me, it's not even who I'm looking forward to seeing most. It's when are we going to get back to our typical offense, Dubris, Dink and Dunk, I'm passing it to everybody. You know, and sure, Saints fans love seeing Kamara and Thomas, our two best weapons, carve up defenses. I love it. I love seeing uh, Michael Thomas lead, lead the league in practically everything. I love seeing Alvin Kamara be on pace for billion trillion yards or whatever but at the same time it's just like it's frustrating because you know what's gonna happen i I think it was you charlie but i think other people have said it too you're gonna find a team that's really good and they're gonna lock down and find ways to stop not only camara but thomas they're gonna need to find ways to get more people involved like we've been saying just to touch on it a little bit more meredith you know like we figured he would have enough time to get ready for the offense but he hasn't, apparently, you know, so he's not being used. Austin Carr, somebody, I guess, even Drew Brees trusts uh, that he's getting touches now and then, catches here and there, just not making a big enough impact. And Traquan Smith, the rookie that a lot of people hyped up, the preseason man, the dude that was impressing so much in the preseason, just only had one catch, you know, and I'm sure there could have been a lot more opportunities for him in that game. I mean, sure, the offense at times wasn't, uh, wasn't performing it was struggling a lot but i think there could have been opportunities for him so like to basically answer your question i'm looking forward to when things get back to normal when everybody gets involved you know so that would be my answer man well what, what, what are you thinking charlie who i i know, I know that uh, you you really think traquan smith can be and and i i'm not i'm not sure if should be after week two but the number two receiver on this team you still thinking that well I mean, uh, talent-wise, yeah, yes, absolutely. But he's just not, for whatever reason. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's just not there yet. You know, Ted, right? Ted Ginn is 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 really re- has really become a reliable receiver for for Drew. And one thing I saw and I tweeted today when I was rewatching the game is, man, when it's 
when it's a two minute drill or mm. it's he he looks for Teddy. I mean, yeah. go back to these games yeah, where he's we're so quick. Where yeah, when we're well, when we're coming back and we're trying to win the game, he he finds Teddy on these crazy chunk plays. Like the one game last year that really sticks out is was the Redskins game where yes. and yep. there's just plays where you know twenty yard in route that Teddy can get down and get across the field and he's bam, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I think I'm more so perplexed on Meredith than I am on Me too. Traquan Smith. I mean, Traquan Smith is um, he's a rookie from a system where he was basically running nine routes his whole. Right. You know, he's running those the deep goes, but I think he's he showed enough to me at least in the preseason where he can he can do the whole route tree as far as a you know um, his ability. But you know, there's a lot of nuances in the offense that I'm sure he's still trying to get a hold of. And I guess that's also what's going on with Meredith. According to Joel Erickson, I was, had a little bit of a back and forth with him on Twitter last week about mm-hmm. it. And um, mm-hmm. it's just it, it, Joel Erickson from The Advocate works with Nick Underhill. It's it's just a matter of him un, understanding the playbook, but then also the the subtle adjustments and all the nuances that go on. And Drew Brees, because he's not you know 6'5 and can stare over top of the lineman and survey the entire field every – you know. And make every single read based off of what he sees. He yeah, has awesome. to really, really trust that you're gonna be where you need to be. And it's not just like if the play calls for you to run, you know, a skinny post. And he has to know that if you see an alignment or a coverage, mm. that you make that adjustment instead of running a skinny post, you're gonna make it into a regular post to hold to hold the backside safety, for example. Right. If he sees that, he needs you to see that because if you don't see that and you still run a skinny post and that other safety comes down and, and hawks the ball, like those are the things that, that he that he absolutely needs because he throws more times than not blindly. I mean he's even said that he makes blind throws to spots. And I mean in all of his other wizardry, you know, he can look people off in the meantime, but like – for whatever reason, he the other guys are just they're just not really there yet. And yeah. but I'm kind of at a point where if Meredith is healthy, okay, there has to be he has there has to be a way to activate him. Yeah. Like there has to be a way to get him. You know, here are 15 plays. Okay, yeah. one of these 15 plays, we're gonna need you to make a play because I think skill wise. On that ball, that that car dropped that drew the penalty. I think that could have been a touchdown. Like I think mm. it, it hit Car in his hands. I I want to think yeah. that a bigger, stronger, faster Meredith could have made that catch. Yeah. On that seam route where it was barely, you know, overthrown. I think Traquan Smith could have made that catch too. I think Traquan Smith could have made that catch. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Michael but Thomas I think as far as um, person to person, I think Meredith is going to come in at that slot, mm. that slot position that Car's in, and I really think that. You know, so a guy like Meredith should have been the one on that play to make that catch. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, eventually, I mean, we had the same problem last last season on offense. And believe it or not, as crazy as that sounds, like I remember repeatedly saying, at what point is someone else in this offense not named Kamara or Thomas going to step up and be a reliable threat? Mm. Not just someone who he can check down to, but a reliable threat. Because if that happens, then then our offense is set. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just, no, go ahead. Tyler. Sorry. You, no, go uh, ahead. I was just saying just on behalf of Jordan, um, he's still listening to the podcast. He's in our 
group thing right now. Shout out to you, Jordan. Um, he's commenting too as we're talking. So he's just like, yeah, if someone's double covered, you know, Drew Brees will always find the open man, you know. So I think it like to go off what he's saying, you know, what Jordan's going off. Um, you know, it's just a matter of guys making plays, you know, and hopefully Meredith and all those guys can make plays for Drew Brees, you know, because after all, he's got to trust them, you know. So. To add on to Meredith, uh, he is coming from uh, a, a very uh, chaotic Bears offense uh, that he was uh, used to in, in 2016, and now a, a very complicated uh, Saints, uh, more established veteran quarterback. Uh, you know, future Hall of Famer Drew Brees, one of the best. So it is definitely a, a change in scenery for him. However, if teams are able to trade for guys and have them play the following week. Uh, even though their their playbook is you know uh, simplified and they only have a certain set amount of plays, I don't see why we can't have Meredith out there like you're saying, Charlie. Run 15, exactly. even have 15 plays where he may, maybe most likely he's not going to be the primary receiver on on a lot of those plays, most of those plays even. But he's still out there running routes, getting familiar. The guy did tear his ACL. Uh, he is coming off that. He looked pretty good in the preseason, but I still think that he's going to need reps to kind of continue to be loose get his feeling uh, uh to continue and help us down the line in the season maybe Peyton is just preserving him because he knows the Saints are, are going to be going far this year and he wants to use Meredith as much as he too. can uh yeah and I haven't heard much out of that uh, again he, he's looked good it could be flaring up possibly but uh if, if it was too bad I think that we would have heard about it by now but uh, well, Peyton said like what Peyton said and when it comes to injuries you have to take what yeah. you know, Sean Payton says you know a, a grain of salt but um, Peyton said it's more so getting him up to speed right. and like, yeah, you can interpret that in a million different ways. Can it get him up to speed because he's still coming back from the ACL, get him up to speed because he missed some reps in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're getting live updates from Jordan as he loses his mic here. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he thinks it has a little bit more to do with his injury. And you know, Jordan, like I really think to me that makes more sense because right. same. It, it makes it makes more sense because I think by now, like there has to be a level of understand. Like you're you're in, okay. Am I wrong or was Cameron was Cameron Meredith at once a quarterback? Right? Or am uh, I complete, have um, I completely lost? My I'm mind? not sure. I'm sending that question to the research team right now, which is me, and I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me check. We have a great uh, research team. Well, yeah. Uh, here, continue so, your point, uh, Charlie. While Dan's doing it. You, you gotta love, uh, you yeah. gotta love the instant access yeah. of the internet. He, he was a three-year yeah. letter winner in football, playing quarterback for St. Joseph High School over in hey. Illinois, nice. and then he played college football for Illinois State, uh, and then he transitioned to wide receiver after his first two seasons when he was the backup quarterback. So he pulled, okay. he, pulled he pulled like a Braxton okay. Miller essentially. Okay, all right. So he has his football foundation as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So. He can see the field as yeah. a quarterback would f- see the field. I think our buddy Jordan's on to something. It probably has something a little bit more to do. Not so much that he's re-injured or anything like that, but an yeah. ACL can be really tricky, especially for a slot receiver where a lot of your movement is side to side. I know you know, our, our slot receiver is not necessarily your your traditional slot receiver. Like We send our slots up the seams a lot, um, but that would make – I don't know. To me, that would just make so yeah. much more sense. Like the injury makes more sense to me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, Jordan cool. also tore his ACL and MCL, and uh, he said it hurts. And oh, uh, he, he's saying he 
he cry uh he's crying because he's in so much pain i'm so sorry jordan man hey he's not man, here to defend stuff. himself <laughs> i'm just messing around he's not saying that um, <laughs> no yeah but i mean you tear up your knee man yeah. i mean no that's bad it's terrible that's especially scary, if you dude. rely on uh using that to cut and juke which obviously wide receivers do especially uh slot guys like like meredith so that makes a whole whole lot more sense to me and you and, know with uh one more thing on the knee is yeah. like when you rip up your knee like that, you physically can come back, you know, like we saw Adrian Peterson come back, mm-hmm. you know, in like record time. We saw Robert Griffin III keep coming back. It, it, it's it, it, There's a time that passes where it's no longer a physical limit. Yep. It's you have to feel comfortable and trust the knee. Yeah. And like yeah. if you don't trust your knee and you play receiver, for example, and you need to break on a route, your routes are going to be rounded. Or you're not going to get in out of your brakes as fast as you can. Not so much because the knee's not functioning, but because you don't trust him. You know what I mean? So it it really, I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm harping too much on this Cameron Meredith you're stuff. I think I'm just point, really though. excited to get someone like him in this system because I thought it was a great fit. Right. And you know maybe this is the week. I mean we're we're playing against a Falcons team who who are loaded with talent and all across the board, even though they do have some some yeah. injuries. Missing but, quite a few I mean, guys. It would be awesome for him to be available this week. Yeah, one hundred percent. And um let me ask you guys this though, uh, for the backfield. If Mark Ingram had been playing in these games, the Saints would be two and Do you guys agree? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I think no doubt. I think no doubt the Saints would be two and We'd be able to run this, the ball a lot better, more play action. Yeah, I'd up. say two and we, we have – I think we would have ran at least one flea flicker by now, yeah, and that would have been a very exciting <laughs> – I think cool. that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been another play for us. But I, to, to, to me, marking room's importance is, is, is showing again. Uh, but uh, and, and that's not to take away from Kamara. I do think Kamara is, is still playing good, especially given the circumstances against the stacked box. And really, he's the only – you know, if he's in the backfield, it's, it's either going to go to him on a handoff or he's going to be running some sort of route to get open in the past. So yeah, everybody's always keeping tabs on him on the defensive side. So not to take anything away from him, but Ingram, I, 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 think, I think the Saints offense is missing. I think they'd be 2-0. You guys agree? I'll say something real quick. I know Jordan uh, said uh, one and one because of the defense. I'm going to make a mm-hmm. quick point. I think it's really underrated. Uh, obviously, you know, like, I think you're right, Jordan. Like, 100% defense still needs to improve. But and we are. We're getting there. But I think just for the offense's sake, I don't think fans realize how vital Mark Ingram is. Like, sure, he's always been, like, you know, the guy that's always been trashed and thrashed as, you know, from fans. But, like, the timing, you know, like, the run game started football. You know, and it continues to be a huge, huge piece of football. You control the clock. The Saints are great uh, most of the time when it comes to controlling the clock. And they have Mark Ingram, you know, and, and not just that. Like we've mentioned before, it's super important. You know, we save extra linemen by having Mark Ingram because he's a great uh, person that picks up blitzes. You know, and Gillisley and all those other guys, they just aren't doing it, you know, and I think honestly, I think we would have controlled the clock a lot better. Uh, Tampa Bay wouldn't have been on the field that much more, you know, uh, in the first week if we had Mark Ingram. I think we'd be two and zero, but Jordan thinks we'd be one and one. Right. So, well, Mark brings, like we've said before, Mark brings that uh, a certain level of attitude and accountability absolutely. and the intangible parts to the offense. We're definitely, in my opinion, missing that, especially in the run game. Our run game is not yeah. nasty. Our run game got mm. nasty last it's year. Terrible. And I think and I think yeah. a lot of that had to do with Mark and his style of running and his you know, his attitude. And I guess 
I still think we would have struggled to beat the Bucks only because, I mean, those guys were just torching us. But when Gillisley fumbled, they did get yes. a touchdown off of that. Yes. So if we yeah. if we pretend that that was Mark and he wouldn't have fumbled, yeah. then perhaps we would have we would have won. But I don't I don't know. I mean, that game was set up to be a track meet in. And, and at some point, we had to basically abandon the run because every time Breeze took the field, he had to. We had to get the ball in the end zone because every time the Bucks got on the field, it was. It seemed like they were ripping off, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty yard bombs on us. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just chatting with Jordan right now, uh, but uh, he he brings up a good point. Uh, the Cowboys were able to stop Cam Newton on third and eleven last game. Cowboys defense not, or I think that was week one. Cowboys defense not that good, really at, uh, decent, I guess. Uh, they do have a they do have a good front seven, but there'll be a, there'll yeah, be a they'll okay. be a solid. I'm over I'm over exaggerating to 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 prove the point that that Jordan's <laughs> that Jordan's trying to say, but. The Cowboys were able to stop Cam Newton third and eleven, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league, probably the best. Uh, we couldn't stop Fitz. and 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 we weren't able to stop Ryan Fitzpatrick. However, I do think that the momentum and the the tone of the game would have been much would have been different, different had Mark Ingram been in the game. He would have been able to pick up those uh, uh, points for us, uh, or, or excuse me, a lot more first downs for us that would have led to points for us. Um, and uh, him being there, just his presence, I, I, I think does a lot for, for the mental state of the players. Uh, you obviously saw Alvin Kamara celebrate in his honor uh, on Sunday against the Browns, uh, doing the little uh, uh, floss dance with the with the tutu. Uh, we, we do miss you, Mark Ingram. <laughs> I do think that we, uh, personally though, but I, under, I totally uh, get what you guys are saying too, because the defense did play very, very bad uh, week one and uh, mediocre to above average in, in week two against a mediocre to above average uh um team like the browns so um yeah mark is back on the redskins game yes. right the game the top the, the tyler, the, the tyler game right yeah so that's his first game back yeah i Monday can't wait night. i'm hoping he runs all over him dude that's i hope he does the, i hope he does the who that chant yes that'd be cool if mark goes out to the to the middle of the field with his fist up in the air <laughs> oh my god i think that i think the dome is going to absolutely explode and the redskins you know, aren't going to be here. yeah yeah are you i'm hyped yeah and tyler yeah, you actually actually you better lead a who dat chant in the crowd like uh i don't know charlie yeah, did you lead that who dat? did you did you stop did you lead the who dat <laughs> chant in london charlie or or i know you recorded it did you did you start that did somebody else start it no, no, no! I got lucky that game. I was sitting in a, uh, I was sitting in a huge uh, pocket of Saints fans. So nice. it was like, they they started it. But man, Tyler, yeah, dude, like this is so. I'm gonna off record topic. it. I'm gonna start it. I'm gonna it's go so live. off topic, uh, but the when you're in the dome and they they lead the Hudat chant before the game, that I'm, I, you're gonna remember when I tell you this. It's gonna put chills chills down your back. Like I'm already thinking about it. It is. It's yeah. one of the coolest things. Like it's okay to, for me, uh, you know. I, I can't. The Vikings are, are like a thorn in my side, but like their skull chant to me is really cool. The Chiefs battle cry with the drum, mm-hmm. like that to me is so awesome. And then the Saints Hudat chant before the game. It's just, it's just badass, man. Like I remember the first time I ever went to the dome and I saw that. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to start it. I'll definitely try. I'll record it. I'll let you guys know. Stand well, what up. they do is so before, before every game, they a player will go to the middle of the field and he'll put his fist up in the air, and then that hey. like shows the 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 crowd, you know, all right, we're about to do the Huda chant, and then when he he throws his fist down, like he's you know going to punch the ground, that's when the the crowd starts, and 
Tyler, you're gonna your your hair is gonna stand up on the back of your neck. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's not if I start before them. I'll, I'll start before they even oh get boy. a chance to. Oh, but, uh, but that, we just went so far off topic. Yeah, but I, yeah. Well, worth, let's we really had to hit on the. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for you to go to the game, Tyler. Though, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, let's talk yeah, about defense. Lit. We've talked about some of the positives, some of the negatives, but overall. For the, I, I, I guess, what does this defense need to work on the most? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go to you, Tyler. Uh, what did you take away the most after watching this defense perform? What needs to be fixed? How big of an issue is it? Is it a lot of communication errors? Uh, what, what was your biggest takeaway for, for how the defense performed negatively? How they performed uh, negatively, I think it's still. Uh, it's funny that we mentioned the Tyler game. Well, uh, let's hope in the Tyler game they don't do this. Uh, perfect example. Explosive plays, you know. Happened all over the field and uh, with uh, the Buccaneers. Still happened, still found ways to happen, uh, especially the last couple minutes with Cleveland, you know. And I think right now, if the Saints want to improve, I think this main reason is going to be uh, finding ways to stop those explosive plays. I think the other, another big one is going to be finding ways to get turnovers and takeaways, whether that be stopping them on third downs more. Uh, sacks, fumbles, actually recovering fumbles. It seems like the Saints could force a thousand fumbles and probably would barely recover ten of them. But um, yeah, explosive plays and creating turnovers. I think that's going to be the big thing for the Saints' defense right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We definitely need to find a way to create more turnovers. That's that is like that. That's that fuels what everything. That's what propelled this defense last year, and and it also didn't really start until week three against the Panthers when we really we really started to get you know starting to generate turnovers and such. Okay, but and now it could be the Falcons week three. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, that I agree, man. I think turnovers number one B, but number one A is still um, it has to do with the back end, like week yeah. one. You can't get smoked the whole entire game. Week two, in clutch times, you can't l- have a receiver wide open in the middle of the field for 20 yards. Like, just communication things on the back end that have to be figured out and have to gel. I really would like to see a little bit more consistency at the linebacker position. I know yeah. we're still kind of rotating through and seeing who it's going to be. More Robertson. Yeah, I would. But, you know, actually, I really thought that all the linebackers – played better in this game absolutely yeah they did but there were also there were also plays where our linebackers shot the gaps and went into the backfield to to make you know get a tackle for loss but just missed the tackle or or the running back broke the tackle like yeah i saw that just finishing on plays like one thing that i just i saw on on tape today was like I don't think the team is that far off. Like, and Breeze always used to say this during the seven and nine years was, you know, we're really close. We're really close. And then 2017, we're 11 and five and win the division. Like, I think the team defensively is pretty close to getting back on track. Like, I think the Browns game was a good step um, in that direction. We didn't blitz that much. I think I read that we only blitzed. 10 times but that was i guess more so a function of not wanting to get beat by yeah. tyrod's legs so yeah i mean creating turnovers tighten up on the back end and for the love of god get more pressure on the quarterback yes Absolutely. which is which is what uh jordan uh is emphasizing right now uh defensively he's he, he says we got to get pressure 
And even though we did get three sacks against Tyra Taylor, he did have way, way too much time. Uh, we got to send blitzes. Yeah, I, I do miss some exotic blitzes. We don't really see yeah, that safety often. Is um, but, I mean, with with the amount of coverage that we do need because of how much the secondary has kind of been slacking to start this year out, I, I, I get why we're not blitzing, you know, Ken Crawley back there because, I don't know, I don't know he, he, he wasn't even good at covering some guys half the game. I don't know <laughs> yeah, that really was, him that's a good so, point. Um, that's a good point by uh, – by Jordan because we did send a corner blitz and Tyra saw it immediately and just threw it to yeah. where probably was supposed to be and there was no one there and it ended up becoming a big game because no one got yeah, over to, yeah. to their spot. Yeah, Lack like of communication, communication good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me soda, Tyler. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, any, anything else you guys want, want to talk about? Positive negatives from both sides of the ball, defense, offense. Uh, mm. We talked about Will Lutz. Shout out to Will Lutz too. I know we'll get to reasons why we love the Saints. Uh, but I just want to say shout out to him for uh, uh, going over to Zane Gonzalez, absolutely understanding that Gonzalez probably, you know, had, had just lost his job or, or at the very least, you know, was was just felt very embarrassed for for what had happened. And uh, shout out to Will Lutz for, you know, going up to him after the game. Good sportsmanship by uh, by our kicker. But uh, yeah, any anything else you guys want to want to say regarding this game? I think right now that the offense, I think. Still, I think, you know, it's going to happen in the next few weeks, hopefully. You know, just needs to find more weapons to use. You know, Drew Brees, we've said it so many times. I can't tell you how many primetime games I've seen it. Drew Brees is now thrown to nine different targets, 11 different targets or whatever. You know, like, he's just cutting this defense apart. Or, you know, and obviously everything's going to get better once Ingram gets back. The defense, we're getting there. Charlie, you alluded to it perfectly. We took uh, took a step in the right direction. And, you know, uh, I think we can allude to this because we're going to be recording our, our Falcons preview episode pretty soon within the next few days. The Falcons, we know them very well. The Falcons have lost a lot of key players. I think you said this on uh, Twitter, Charlie. This game is a game for the Saints to, like, kick down the door, walk in and say, look, I'm taking charge of the NFC South. We're going to win this division and we're going to go to the Super Bowl just like we predicted they would at the very beginning of the season. So they need to get better. I think they're going to. So beautiful, uh, and and uh, I'm gonna add in what Jordan's saying. Uh, mainly talking about third down conversions. Last week the Saints were four eleven. This week they were three twelve. So that is his emphasis. Uh, the offense has to get it going on third down. Uh, it makes the defense less tired, obviously, because they're going to be on the field less with the offense running the ball a little bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, con- converting third down, I, I, I absolutely agree that's Preach. absolutely big. Well, uh, how about you, Charlie? Anything else you want to add in? Gotta go back and see like what our average distance is on third down because if you're not running the ball well on first and second, and then say second down is the incomplete pass. And then next uh, thing you know, it's long. third and nine or third, you know, third and long versus like last season when we could run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. even third down was the problem last year. So like, yeah, um, it really was. It, it's yeah, that's the biggest weakness of this offense, which goes back to the fact of not having a dominant tight end that mm-hmm. we were used to or having a reliable slot that we were used to. So if one of those things kind of comes into place and also we can get our running game going the way that we need to get it going. Third down uh, should should definitely improve. And, yeah. Um, but, like, one, I guess another positive, I'd like to just talk again about Marcus Davenport. Like, he, he so well. he's doing well in run, in, like, run support. And, like, I, that was the one thing about him that I didn't, 
I didn't really know about because, like, if you go back and watch his college tape, it's all about his his athleticism and getting to the quarterback where he's super raw, but because he's he's such a phenomenal athlete at that size, he can just physically beat people to get to the quarterback. Like, and one of one of the things that like they said about what was so good about him was his burst off the line. Actually, to me, looks a little slow, but then he makes up with it because once he's up and going. He's so strong and, and quick with his hands. Like, I want to see more more Marcus Davenport. But then, but then, what do you do? Do you do you give less snaps to Okafor, who played his butt off this last game? Like, I don't know. We gotta we gotta go back to that NASCAR package, man, where you can kick a yeah. a D end inside and then bring in another another pass rusher. Please, yeah. yes, please. I'd, I'd love to see that type He's of. He's massive too. Davenport six foot seven, man. Like having that size there is is is. is Fairly, I think he was shorter. Oh, he's that tall. Wow, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's six foot seven, right? Oh, he's he's, he's huge, man. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's fat. He's I think massive. he ran like a four yeah, five no, forty. He's big. That's, yeah, he's I mean, as fast. I think, I think they said he's as fast as like Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas and stuff. He, so. he ran about the same forty time as them. Yeah, just around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't wait for him to continue to grow and become a beast because I can yeah. see it. Like I can. I saw it a little bit in the preseason. I saw it last week, and I saw more of it this week. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm really excited for uh, this upcoming game against the Falcons. I I, I do think that we're going to see uh, an even better Saints team, and I'm glad they've been improving. Scary uh, win, what we had. We really escaped uh, uh, one of the worst losses I think any team could ever have. Uh, giving you know being that team that that opened up the Bud Light fridges over in Cleveland for for all the Browns fans to have. Uh, <laughs> and and you giving them their first win and 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 forever. But um, we will have a Falcons preview episode later on this week, Thursday most likely. If not, it will be Friday. So be sure to tune into that for the upcoming Sunday game. And next week we will also have a review episode uh, for that game. So be sure to uh, check that out too. Uh, again, you can follow Jordan at Carter underscore Air twenty two. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, Charlie, you can follow him at Saint Charlie. Anything you want to say to the folks, Charlie, before you sign off? Nope. Nope, just uh, look we forward to the reasons why we love the Saints. Bro. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 my bad, my bad. How yeah, we, we gotta do the reason. No, yeah. no, 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 just looking forward to that, um, that Falcons, that Falcons matchup. Yes. I mean, it's it's officially Falcons Hate Week for everybody out there, and can't I can't wait to kick kick that off in our next episode for sure. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, uh, before we sign off, reasons why we love the Saints. Probably people at home that don't know what I'm talking about here. This could be literally anything, you know. Anything, uh, any player in social media, anything about the Saints, the city, the team, the state of Louisiana, heck, I don't know. Uh, I've got a pretty crazy reason why uh, for uh, this week for me, and mine's actually about Alvin Kamara, and here's why. So I think, I don't remember if I put it in the group chat or not, but uh, everybody knows Alvin Kamara likes Airheads, and Airheads actually sent him a huge package, including a, a sculpture of his face. So Alvin Kamara <laughs> uh, he can actually eat his face now. Uh, they literally had a nose ring and, like, the grill and literally everything. And it was pretty freaking looking at first. I didn't know what it was. But, like, it was pretty freaking awesome. And I'm very jealous. And that's awesome. So that's one yeah. reason why I love the Saints. We have phenomenal players that candy companies are making faces out of. Yeah. And 
you guys go, and then once you guys go, Jordan is typing his out right now. So hashtag not sponsored, but uh, Alvin Kamara is now. So uh, shout out yeah, to him. Very um, well. So the reasons uh, for me, um, or the reason uh, Cam Jordan uh, needs a new uh, Instagram profile picture, and uh, he wants it to be designed by a fan. So go to his Twitter. Also check out his Instagram. He's looking for some artist submissions, which Ooh, I, I, I think try. is fantastic. That uh, he's gonna have somebody draw him for his Avi. Give them credit give them a shout out uh and yeah, most likely hopefully it's going to be a, a saints fan and send them a jersey uh is is also the big part for them so shout out to him for for, for doing that uh check out his twitter if, if you, if you want to enter if you just want to retweet it for people to uh check that out too but yeah shout out to him for doing that that's that's really cool what about you uh what's your reason charlie um well you know a lot of our win was sort of more so, uh, especially in the national sports media, it was more so the Browns losing than the Saints winning. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, but bad teams typically find ways to lose, but good teams will find ways to win. And yes, sir. if you're not a good team, you don't capitalize on other teams' mistakes. And right. I thought we did do that. And you know what? The Saints did. We did leave a lot of points out, you know, on the field, like we had um, the uh, Dalvin Kamara touchdown get called back um, because of a holding the holding call on Traquan Smith. But two plays before that, we had a wide open Ben Watson that we that we didn't hit in the end zone. You know, that's yeah. those are points we left on the field, and the underthrown ball to tag in that those were points we we left on the field. And yes, you know Zane Gonzalez missed a lot of kicks, but we on offense miss uh, misfired and left left points on the field if we hit those like we normally would hit them then i don't think it's that kind of a dramatic game i think the saints win by two scores but reason why i love the saints is because i do think that we're a good football team we're just a hundred not a hundred percent there yet um we're still in that preseason mode that a lot of teams in the nfl still are like i think the patriots still are yeah. um you know and, yeah. and they just get the benefit of playing in the afc east whereas steelers we, are. Yeah, yeah, well no, steelers so have well, but they, they have got a lot of issues yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I love the Saints is uh, they uh, they found a way to win. I mean, you want to go on and win the Super Bowl. These are the games that you're gonna kind of remember. Like God, you know, I'm glad we were able to win that because mm-hmm. now look at our, uh, you know, now look where we're at. But um, right. yeah, that's yeah. it. I think Jordan's got got something in here that he's yeah <laughs> about to uh, preach it with emotion for him. So uh, I asked Jordan, you know, uh, what's the reason why he likes the Saints or just anything? He said, born in New Orleans, my whole life. He's a Saints fan. Uh, everybody in his family is a Saints fan. Besides his grandpa, he's a Cowboys fan. He bleeds black and gold. The Saints are the best team in America. Who that? And go Tigers. So, yeah. Dude, I'm into go that. Tigers. Another or, win against a top-rated like team. I, do. I don't know if you guys caught that LSU game, but that was yep. absolutely awesome. Yeah. You catch the Syracuse, uh, Syracuse game? Uh, That's uh, freaking Willie Tiger. But I feel, I feel bad for Grandpa Jordan, man. Or Grandpa Carter. Hmm. Grandpa Carter, man. Yeah. The... Uh, Drew, Drew Burrow, Joe Breeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good one, Go Jordan. Tigers, Rob, Go Tigers. All right, Tyler. Send it off. Sign yeah, off, man. Right, Great guys. episode. Let's sign off. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning to this amazing episode of the Who That Dish podcast. Uh, make sure to go check out uh, St. Charlie. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, Jordan's uh, uh, handle at uh, Carter underscore era 22. Make sure to go check out. Uh, the Who Dat Dish official podcast uh, Twitter handle at the WDD podcast. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. Uh, I'm not going to allude to it yet, but you guys will just have to wait and see for the next few weeks. But um, 
Make sure to go check out um, my best bud, the co-host on the other side of the mic, Dayton Brown, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Make sure to check out me at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out whodatdish.com uh, for all the amazing articles posted by our editors and writers. Make sure to go check out that page on Facebook, too. We post the uh, articles and uh, the podcast links there now. And make sure to find uh, our platforms that operates all of these podcast episodes on Spreaker.com and iTunes. Just search the Who Dat Dish podcast. Subscribe to and rate us on iTunes. Head over to whodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. Fantastic Saints article is always pumping out. Uh, and uh, go to swag.fansided.com to get our uh, merch. Check, check out, get our merch, get our t-shirts. We now have... Uh, uh, little posters now that you can get uh, that have the Who Dat Dish podcast logo on it. Yep, yep, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yo, I was looking at it the other day when right I wore my T-shirt, but yeah, my T-shirt will be coming in later uh, this week, so be sure to check that out. But yeah, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys later this week, and as always, Who Dat, Who Dat.